Hey everyone, welcome back to season four of the podcast. I'm so thrilled by this season's host. I have Jessica Stanbridge, who is a holistic psychiatrist here in Cape Town, South Africa. She specializes in women's mental health and definitely has a more integrated approach to mental health. And we have so many episodes in store for you today, but we're starting off with something quite close to my life and I think what a lot of people have experienced before, whether it has been online or offline, but we'll be focusing on cyberbullying. So a few weeks ago, this is actually the catalyst of something, so I guess in some way is a great example of how something not so nice can be the catalyst for something great. I was exposed to cyberbullying on two occasions in the last two months and I just couldn't help but ask myself like if not me who and if not now when like when do we start this conversation who has to be bullied and to what degree until we talk about this so very honored to have Jess in studio and to be having her as the host over the next few weeks. We're going to be diving into some really, really important conversations and I can't wait to share it all with you. All right, let's get into it. Episode one, season four. (laughs) I love that. It's so good to have you in studio today. Welcome. And yeah, I think it's just a good start to introduce yourself. Who are you, Jess? <laughs> Always a good place to start. So um, I'm Jess Stanbridge, um, Dr. Jess Stanbridge. I often leave out the doctor part of it. Um, and I'm well, you s- do feel like a friend. Yeah, oh, that's good. I'm glad. That makes me feel happy. I always try and have the doctor side of myself, but also appear to be human, which I am, which is so super important. So I'm Jess Stanbridge. I'm a specialist psychiatrist working in Cape Town. And um, I work in private practice and yeah, my practice is mostly focused on women's mental health, um, which is super important to me. I'm so passionate about women's empowerment and looking after and caring for women's mental health. And then I'm also what you classify as a holistic psychiatrist. So that means that I treat the whole of people. So I treat their minds, but I also look at their bodies and their spirits. Oh, that's lovely. And I'm so excited to be here today talking about topics that are so important to me. So thank you for having me. I feel like this is the biggest honor to have you here on season four of the podcast. As you say, we're going to be starting some really important Mm. and yeah, just close topics even to me Mm. um, that I think deserve a lot of airtime. I think, yeah, we're going to start with cyberbullying today, which is... I guess a good starting point for me to mm. to speak before you put your disclaimers and yeah. all of that in. Yeah. Um, so a few weeks ago, I, for the first time in seven years, having been on social media, got exposed to not-so-nice cyberbullying. And I didn't actually feel ready for it, even though I knew what it was. Mm. I understood sometimes where it comes from, but emotionally I just did not feel ready for the process of dealing with it and um, at first I felt very uh, shaken and a bit sick to be honest Um, but like always I was like okay how can I actually take this experience and add value let me find someone who has qualified toolkit to help more people 
to be able to move through these really uncomfortable situations they could find themselves in now in an age where we're online quite a lot of the time, even more now in a pandemic. Um, yeah, I just feel like this is something that potentially can be uh, something we're exposed to even more. So yeah, I just wanted to start the topic today on mm. cyberbullying. Mm. So that's why we're here and that's yeah. why you're here. Yes. <laughs> Um, so firstly, I want to say that I'm sorry that that happened to you and that yeah. I also had an experience of it quite for the first time recently and it can be incredibly jarring. And even for me, who has the professional, to the professional toolkit, I found it really, really hard to manage. So I think it's really important that we go into the details of what cyberbullying is about and how we can really kind of emotionally look after ourselves with regards to our online presences. So I'm really glad that we're doing this topic. Yeah. Um, so before I start talking about cyberbullying, um, I would just want to reference two um, papers that a large majority of that information is from. The first one is called Cyberbullying in Children and Young, uh, Young People's Mental Health, and that's by Kwan et al. And the other one is Current Perspectives, the Impact of Cyberbullying on Adolescent Health. It's actually, and that's by uh, Nixon. So it's actually so interesting because both of these articles are on adolescents and there are no studies done on cyberbullying in adults, which I find to be really, really fascinating. But I'll get to that in just a little bit. But That is very interesting. Yeah, so all the studies are on children and adolescents. So these are the main two articles that I, uh, that I got all this information from. So you and I, we, we've been throwing a term around here. We've been throwing around the term cyberbullying, but I think we need to actually define what exactly that means. Okay, so... Essentially, the definition of cyberbullying is any behavior that is performed through electronic or digital media by individuals or groups that repeatedly communicate hostile or aggressive messages intended to afflict harm or discomfort on others. So it sounds like that is what you experienced recently and that's something that I experienced recently as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just a longer... Yeah, a longer, <laughs> a much longer, more defined term of it. Um, and the interesting part about it is that, you know, you would think that in cyberbullying there would just be two parts to it, and that is the victim or the target and the bully. But from my experience, we know that's not. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. And the, the one that we often forget about as well is that it's also the bystander, and it's the person who's witnessing it. And from my experience, just to interject, is yeah. the one that actually hurt the most. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. I'm very, I'm, yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, there are three aspects to it. So it's the victim, the target, the person who the bullying or the hostile behavior is being projected towards, the perpetrator, who is the one who's projecting the hostile behavior towards the target, and then all the other people on social media who are witnessing it. So all of the followers who are seeing these awful things being said about people and witnessing the trauma that that person mm -hmm. is experiencing. And then also they experience their own trauma having to witness that. So we need to remember that being on social media, even if we haven't been the target of cyberbullying, we've been the witness of cyberbullying and mm -hmm. that can also impact your mental health. That's super, super important. Could I ask, mm. how would, I mean, I know everyone's, quite individual but from like an objective point of view how what would one experience as a witness to cyberbullying that could potentially be damaging to them could it be the could that happen to me one day mm -hmm. is that the questions that they could potentially face I just that's just something that it's such a great question and I think it's it's super important so the bystander themselves yes it is the concept of um 
can this happen to me? But I think that also on social media platforms, we develop relationships with, with certain people that we admire and we follow. And then when they are um, being targeted, it can feel very traumatic to us because we feel an emotional connection mm. to them. And the definition of trauma, interestingly enough, for post-traumatic stress disorder, it doesn't necessarily have to be the concept of your own experience. It can be the witnessing of someone else's experience. Oh, yeah. So they can actually have a full-blown trauma response to seeing someone else being cyberbullied, which is a really, really important to note. You know? Because if you think about it, let's just say someone who has hundreds of thousands mm. then gets cyberbullied. Mm. You witness that mm. as the person... Like, I mean, you experience that as the person getting um, bullied. Yeah. But then imagine, let's just say, like, one in every ten person has had a similar experience and now they get re-traumatized, basically. Absolutely, yeah. How many people are you actually affecting by your one comment, mm. thinking it's going to one person? Mm. Because actually it's not anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a complete ripple effect. It's re- it, That's I, crazy. I yeah. never actually thought of it like yeah. that. Yeah, it's like you re-experience your own cyberbullying trauma when you see other people being cyberbullied. So there's so many parts of cyberbullying that is so deeply impactful on people's mental health. Yeah. And now imagine you are doing it on the daily by reading forums and Reddits mm. and you're constantly like following a bad pattern of mm. behavior by rereading these mm. like gossip mm-hmm. columns and stuff. Yeah. Basically just like re-traumatizing yourself every day because they're also made to be addictive. It's just a, yeah. a Netflix episode that I was watching that many social media platforms are programmed in a way of like um and I, I just want to say like it's addiction but yeah it's, it's like it's the dopamine response yes, what we call it yes, yeah, yeah yeah that's it yeah and um even forums have been yeah. created to to draw you in like mm. that so it's just oh my goodness my mind just went into a loophole there for a second <laughs> i know but it you can it's crazy. i mean if you think about it like that you can just imagine how bad this is for people's mental health they're yeah. going they're getting addicted to these kinds of things and then they're being re-traumatized over and over and over again and obviously that's going to have negative effects on your mental yeah. health going forward crazy yeah so i think it's also important to remember that there are different kinds uh, and different forms of cyberbullying So they break it down in the studies into four uh, separate areas. The first one is harassing via private messages. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that's either via DMs on Instagram or messaging on Facebook or any of those kinds of things. So that's that. There's no bystander involved in that, but that is very much um, perpetrator, victim, and target bullying. Mm -hmm. The other one is posting disparaging comments on social media posts. So this is very much posting a comment, say on Instagram and someone writes something horrible about you or your, uh, who you are, the information that you're giving. So this is something that I experienced on social media quite, quite recently. Yeah. And I found it, found it to be really, really hard to, to tackle and to manage. And, um, yeah, and it was really, really jarring for me. I can agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I basically didn't get tagged in it. Yeah. But I was being spoken about as if I was a robot or something like a non-human, and I was just getting discussed in comments. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, I that totally, I totally hear you. Really awful. Um, did you go through? Did you land up reading all the comments just out of interest? I did, unfortunately. Okay. Luckily, okay. it wasn't long enough, yeah. and then I have an amazing support structure okay, friends good. who came in there and they were like this is bullying okay. we're calling you out if you want to be a decent human and you have a problem send her a message mm-hmm. privately mm-hmm. this is like even if you're trying to get a point across that you feel you are right 
doesn't mean the way in which you're doing it mm. is right. Mm. So I had some badass woman Amazing. step in for me when I couldn't. Mm. And I think that's also something I think is worth talking about mm. is that, you know, yes, it's not your responsibility to stand up for friends or acquaintances but if you see bullying mm. and you don't do anything mm. about it and you know it's wrong, yeah. you have the power to actually step in and be like, this is not okay. Absolutely. And I think that is okay to stand up for people. Like, oh, absolutely. I think it's completely necessary for that yeah. to be happening on online platforms. It's to it, really call people out on their behavior. And sometimes, yes, you are, like I said, responsible for your platform and your name mm. and all of that but there are times where you aren't as mm. strong as you mm. would like to be mm. in situations mm. and that's when I just really hope that you know your support structures mm. can step in and mm. just be in there because mm. that showed me who my friends were in that moment I was like my one friend I, I won't name because <laughs> but she was such a badass oh good and I was like one day I want to be like you. Oh, so great. I'm so glad. I want to like fist pump her. Yeah. I think it's so wonderful. I'm so glad you had that. Yeah, so I'm very, very happy. That's good. But yeah. And I think as we talk more about this topic as well, we get to like how to manage cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. And I think what you just said is such a pertinent point around is like having the support network of people who are in your corner with yeah. regards to it. So that's so wonderful. Okay, so we're going down this list still. There are only two more. And these are the different forms of cyberbullying. Um, so we just spoke about posting disparaging comments on social media posts. So the next one is posting humiliating pictures of people. So, what? yeah, I know. I, like, even reading this stuff feels harrowing. Mm. Like, the, the thought of people doing these kinds of things to, to me or to anyone I love or to anyone, really, on social media. But that's, that's um, the, the third thing. And then the, the fourth thing is threatening or intimidating people electronically. And this can be... I mean, to the extent of kind of death threats and it, it can get really, really, really bad. Um, I kind of want to put a trigger warning on on it in the sense that um, it, it can be very, very triggering if we go into huge amounts of details about how bad the cyberbullying can actually get. Um, but it can really be about threatening or intimidating people's safety. So it can get to a very, very scary point. I can imagine. Yeah. I feel grateful that I haven't experienced anything like that but this I only had two um, experiences of cyberbullying mm-hmm. and the one the girl did screenshot my profile scratch out my name but said I deserve to be smacked oh my gosh and I, I mean, was like wow I mean that in itself is your safety I mean it's threatening and intimidating well, your safety telling people to mm-hmm. physically hurt you so that's what because that's when I needed to get a lawyer in. yeah and um he said that would be a a discussion yeah, yeah. <laughs> when setting up the way forward. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't sound, in inverted commas, threatening, mm-hmm. but it's a starting point to where I think a boundary needs to be set. Absolutely. Where you go, this is not okay. Mm. So if you do experience something like that ever, know that you aren't being um, irrational Mm-mm. and that this was my whole whole thought process with actually talking about this today was if not me then who and if not now when yeah when does a boundary get put in place when does this conversation start who starts it Mm. all these questions Mm. so I was like well I'm gonna go to the best Mm -hmm. we're gonna chat about (laughs) cyberbullying and this is where it's gonna start so great 
And you know, that, that boundary is different for so many people. I actually read an article, not, not in preparation for this, but on bullying in general. And the concept behind bullying is whenever the person who feels, um, who's being bullied feels like they are in any way under any kind of threat. Okay, so that, I mean, that, that is like the definition, but, but the concept behind it is um, everyone's boundary is different and it's okay to draw the line for you in a space that someone else might be okay with, but your yeah. boundary is different to other people's boundaries and I'm glad that you knew in that moment this is where my boundary lies. Yeah, yeah. because I just, I don't know, I think, yeah, it was just an innate feeling. Yeah. I was like, no, this is not okay yeah. with me. yeah. Good. Um, but yeah, okay. so okay. <laughs> those are the four. Yes, okay, so, great. Alrighty, so let's go into some questions. Yes. How is it different to traditional bullying, cyberbullying? Yeah, okay, so there's a lot of overlap, obviously, between the two. Just And when we, call, when we say traditional bullying, um, so 10, 12 years ago, there wasn't social media. So yeah. people were, uh, bullying was taking place in, in workplaces and school environments. And, and um, so there have been quite a few studies to kind of try and differentiate the two. And what they've determined is that there's some overlap and there's some changes or some differences. Um, so the thing about cyberbullying is that traditional bullying, it's usually that you know the person, okay? Because the person's standing in front of you and there's actual bullying that's going on. But cyberbullying, there's an, an, I can never say this word, anonymity involved that in it. <laughs> That's like me, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, gosh, it's a big one. Anonymity. So, so there's, the person is anon- can be anonymous. So my experience of cyberbullying was someone um, who was behind a name of a, a, a warehouse, like a, a furniture warehouse. It wasn't even a person's name. So there's a complete anonymity about it. And so also what happens is that because it's happening on an online platform, the person who's bullying doesn't see the emotional response of the person that is being mm. bullied. So obviously the target or the victim lands up having an emotional response to it, but the bully doesn't have to um, see that emotional response, and so there's a lack of responsibility that comes with it. It's like... Yeah. That just sums it up. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It's the lack of responsibility. Absolutely. Because you don't have to see whatever it is that you're doing to this person. Mm. And so it's it's easier to just get in, stuck into the cycle of continuing to do it. And then the other aspect that makes cyberbullying different to traditional bullying is obviously the internet has changed everything. So you have connectivity now to people that you wouldn't necessarily have connectivity to before. So... Whereas, obviously, bullying in school environments, it's people who are in your school. If mm. you've got hundreds of thousands of internet followers, you are connected to hundreds of thousands of people. And so there are more people who are able to cyberbully you. There's more connectivity. And the internet itself has changed from something that used to be classified as, a, as something that was to use as needed. And now, basically, everyone's on it all the time. So you're also exposed to it all the time. So the... Yeah, the... Um Wow, where did my words go? <laughs> it was the anonymity. It was a tough one. It <laughs> it's it's completely wired yeah, yeah. my brain differently now. But essentially, there's more chances of it happening. Exactly, now. exactly. Definitely. In the most layman way possible, Perfect. because an M and M and E's going yeah, on yeah. in my head. Perfect one. And you know, I think what's also important to note about cyberbullying is that what happens is that there's no safe space. So. Yeah. With traditional bullying, it would happen perhaps at work or at school, and then you could retreat into the safe space of your home, Mm -hmm. or if your home wasn't a safe space, another safe space for yourself. 
the internet results in people having access to us kind of 24-7 whenever you want, whenever they want. Yeah. And so there's no way that you can really hide from it. And so the cyberbullying could be happening at any time of day, at any place, during moments when you yourself are feeling incredibly vulnerable. Yeah. And so there's and they would never know. They would and never this know. is exactly what happened to me the first mm-hmm. time it happened was after a very long period of lockdown, I got to see my sister for the first time in months mm-hmm. and she was staying over for the weekend and just happened to be that Friday night, this girl decided to have a go at me mm-hmm. and it completely shifted what I was wanting to experience with my sister mm-hmm. after seeing her. Mm-hmm. So instead of us spending quality time together, cooking, mm-hmm. talking, catching up, mm-hmm. I was in tears having anxiety attacks over people discussing me in a comment section like Mm. I was not a human being. Mm. And that wasn't, like, they obviously would not know that I was seeing my sister for the first Mm. time or whatever, but that's the thing. You just don't know what someone is going through or Mm. where they are or anything about them when you decide today's the day I'm going to be mean. Absolutely, definitely. And it's like... Yeah, but I think it's so important that you speak about it now because it, what it mm. does is it, it, it then being able to talk about it on a platform like this is it holds those people to some sort of responsibility now. Exactly. They must know what their effects have been on you. Yeah. And it takes away that concept of you can't see what their response is so there's no responsibility. But that's why... Mm. this. That's why I'm not glad because yeah. I don't think anyone deserves to be yeah. cyberbullied or bullied or in any way. But it has been the catalyst to creating conversation on my yeah. platform about something I know that a mm. lot of people deal with, mm. and it's an it's an important one to yeah. talk about. Absolutely. Um, so let's let's dive into the next question. Okay. I think that's where we're at. Mm. Um, but what are the statistics around cyberbullying? Okay, so cyberbullying. First of all, it's a very new topic. So like I yeah. said, social media has only kind of been around since 2007, 2008, I think I've arrived. It's actually so wild. <laughs> no, crazy, hey? It's like 13, 12, 12 13 years. Um, and so because it's like a new uh, a new medium and a new topic, there, is, there aren't a lot of studies on it, okay? So um, what I could find with regards to statistics is that... Um, Number one, they are classifying it as a huge public health concern. Okay. Which is huge yeah. in itself. Yeah. So the implications of cyberbullying on mental health, they they know that it's big. They don't quite know exactly what statistically the numbers are, but it's pretty big. And when they're looking at prevalence, which prevalence essentially means across your lifetime, what is the possibility that this is going to happen to you? It will happen to 20 to 40% of people, which is quite a lot. And then my, I actually think that the stats are probably more than that. And that, 100%. yeah, that perhaps people just aren't reporting it. Mm. And, um, and interesting enough, another stat that I found is that about 30 to 40% of people who experience cyberbullying don't talk about it at all. So I think that that number is reported to be quite low because people just don't talk about it. And they don't talk about it because I think a lot of people feel shame when they cyberbully. Yeah. Because then it's like, but this could be something that's true and I don't want someone to know that like shadow part of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's why, I mean, like even to some extent, I didn't really want to... Um, go into too much detail. Yeah. Even now, I don't feel like I've gone into too much detail mm-hmm. about what the person said because I think sometimes when we read things about us that negatively affect us, mm-hmm. there's a part of us that maybe believes it. Mm, always. Because we have insecurities yeah. as human beings. It's so normal. Yeah. And to share like in detail can be mm. quite 
shameful. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. hear you. That it's actually so wild. It reminds me of a story. Um, so Brene Brown is a. Do you know Brene Brown? She's of in the most. Like, of course you know Brene Brown. She's amazing. So she, she wrote this amazing. Well, it was actually on a podcast that I heard that she was talking about how when her TED talk became like super famous right in the beginning. Mm. Um, and the TED talk was posted online. Obviously, people started talking in comment in the comments, yeah. and a lot of people, yeah, and a lot of people wrote really, really terrible things about herself, mm. about her. And so her family was all like, "Do not, under any circumstances, go and read the comments." And obviously, yeah. Renee went and read the comments, and what she found was all the things she was ever worried about herself, like all her insecurities, everything she'd ever thought about herself were right there on the comments. Essentially, we could classify it as cyberbullying for Brene Brown. But she was faced with all of that. And obviously that is incredibly devastating. And so what she did is she went to bed and she ate ice cream and she and she cried and and she and she kind of dealt with with what had happened. One, she learned to never ever read the comments. And two, what happened is that she realized that once people had said those things about her and it had been on such a public platform, they almost lost their power. Yeah. Because she was she kind of was was faced with it and she realized that she could survive it. Mm. Um, but it's hard, I think, seeing all of these things that you think about in your mind and the things that you worry about. And about yourself and then people talking about it on an online platform is really really hard to face it is yeah it's really yeah. It's, it's not an easy one yeah okay so just back to stats um they aren't they aren't a hell of a lot more but um so microsoft did a study and they said that 37 percent of people had been victims and 24 percent have been perpetrators I also think that these are probably low, and I do yeah. think that perpetrators don't necessarily reveal themselves. So I think that those stats are probably a lot higher. And then um, I would almost say double. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like double. Yeah, for both of them, yeah. definitely. Um, and then the last thing is, is that some studies show that victims are more often female than male, um, but some studies also show that there's no difference. So really, the concept behind stats is that. This is new. It happens a lot. Mm. We're not entirely sure. We need to do a little bit more research. But it's looking like it's pretty prominent. <laughs> and it's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also feel like based on the previous um, season, when we went into the research side mm. of things, it seems that obviously the longer yep. the research, the longer the study, mm. the more rely like the more mm. you can rely on those stats itself. Absolutely. But the fact that social media has only been for 13 years. Yeah. That in itself is not even like a smidge of enough time to no. have a really good solid study. Definitely. So not. I don't think in our lifetime we'll even have no a like a relatable study. Mm-mm. No, which definitely is kind of scary. Not. Yeah. What if? Mm, yeah, we're what? experiencing it without the evidence, which is quite scary. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. Um. So why is cyberbullying a problem? Even though. We know it's a problem. Yes, yeah. But let's break it down. Okay, let's break it down. Okay, and it's so multifaceted. And what we're going to go into is we're going to... we're going to be talking a lot about the mental health implications of cyberbullying, and that's one of the reasons why it's a problem, and obviously why um, I'm here as a mental health care expert. So the reason why it's a problem is because, obviously, like I said, the reach of the internet is so vast, so everyone is um, vulnerable to be a victim, and so it really, really can affect everyone. And majority of, and as I said, all the studies are on adolescents, and majority of people are on some sort of social media app, and the stats were actually that 90% of people by the age of being 12 years old are on at least one social media app. And so the cyberbullying can start 
I mean, obviously people even younger than that are on some social media apps, but the cyberbullying can start at the age of 12. So, I mean, we are at least adults who've had an opportunity to like deal with our stuff, but imagine being a 12 year old who's being faced with cyberbullying. I think that that is incredibly devastating. The other aspects of it, as I said, that things are very anonymous and then um, the permanency of posts, comments and pictures. So, yes, you can tell people to delete comments. You can tell people to delete pictures, but people have still seen that. Mm. They've still screenshot it. They still have it results in opinions that are being Mm. formed because of those things. And all of that land up having mental health um, repercussions. Um, so maybe where we can go to next is w- really what are the mental health implications of cyberbullying? Yeah, I think okay. that's important. So what I found to be the most interesting about this is that they actually determined that people who suffer from depression, loneliness, and social anxiety are more likely to be cyberbullied. Mm. And if, if you think about it, that actually probably makes sense. And that's because if you're feeling depressed, you're feeling like you've got social anxiety and it's hard to be outside with people and you, you're lonely or don't have any connections, you lean a little bit more on social media. Mm. And so those people are spending a lot more time on social media. And then what's happening is they've got a predisposition and then they get bullied. And then the likelihood is that their mental health um, symptoms get worse. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But- Makes sense. sense. Yeah, makes sense. Mm. And then cyberbullying, I think we need to remember that like anything in psychiatry, and we'll talk about this in more episodes as well, it's always genetic predisposition plus your environment plus the stressor. So that Mm. causes the development of mental illness. So in this scenario, it's genetic predisposition, what's going on in your external environment, and the stressor is cyberbullying. Okay, so it's not one thing in itself, the cyberbullying, that can cause mental health. It's a combination of the three of those things. Okay, so the studies show that cyberbullying is obviously a huge stressor. Okay, so they've done studies that show that if someone is cyberbullying, what it does is it activates what we call your HBA axis, which is your stress response in your brain. It's super complicated. And after I couldn't say anonymity, I hope that I get to say this right, but it's the, the hypothalamic pituitary axis. Okay, so... I have actually heard okay, that. Okay, okay, <laughs> great. So we'll just call it your HBA axis because it's easier to say. So if you're cyberbullied, what happens is that that, act, that entire axis gets activated and so you're having an acute stress response, okay? Mm-hmm. When, that, when that HBA axis is active for a long period of time or repetitively, it increases your risks of development of mental illness. Okay, so it's important for us to know that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're you're genetically Mm. prone and your environment maybe changes and then you start getting cyberbullied, like... All of it together. That recipe is not a good thing. Yeah, it puts you in a really difficult position, yeah. So they asked people and they looked at the results of responses that most people um, who were targets of cyberbullying felt. And these are some of the things that they said. So the first one was the sense of feeling overwhelmed and helpless. Okay. The second one is the feeling of humiliation. I mean, I can relate to all of these. I'm literally nodding my head, but I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, let's carry on. (laughs) The third is a sense of isolation. So the fourth is some people start to feel vengeful and wanting to get revenge on the people that are doing this to them. The fifth one is that people take on negative comments and what results is that they have a decreased uh, sense of self and low self-esteem. So, I mean, when I was cyberbullied and 
I have like an extensive toolkit. I've been in therapy for like 18 years. Mm. When I was cyberbullied, I really felt this. Like I was like, oh my word, like maybe I'm not qualified to be able to be talking about this kind of stuff on social media. And it really knocked my self-esteem. And I like retracted from social media for maybe... I mean, it was probably about a two-week period that it took for me to recalibrate, which was quite, I mean, quite short. But it's it really, like, makes you, and like you said, mm. like, face those parts of yourself that you always question. And then it gets, like, you get so exposed to it. So I yeah. can relate a lot to this one. Um, the next mental health implications of cyberbullying is increased rates of depression, anxiety, and physical symptoms. Yeah. And I think that this is so interesting because what you just said to me is that when you were cyberbullied, you physically felt sick. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually known to be one of the effects of cyberbullying is that you have physical symptoms. You get so, Yeah. You I get, mean it does make sense yeah. because like I I do feel that my body responds before mm. my mind because yeah. my mind is it can be logical mm. when it's needed. Mm. So much so that my body actually responds. Yeah. That's why when I was putting myself under so much stress a few years ago, mm. I ended up getting an autoimmune yeah. because my body was like, well, if your mind's not going to listen, then your body's going to listen. Absolutely. It's, it's going to, alarm bells are going to come from somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like my physical self alerts mm. me before my mm. brain because my brain tries to make sense of things. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I literally... Anything you could think of of an anxiety symptom is what I felt yeah. when I was reading those yeah. comments. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you can just tell immediately, like, that is not good for your brain if that's happening no. repetitively to you at all. No, or your soul. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so obviously that results in increased rates of depression and anxiety. And then, so cyberbullying can be classified as a trauma, okay? And as I said, it's for both the target and the bystanders. And they've noticed a possible link with the development of post-traumatic stress disorder. That's very interesting. Yeah, it In is. what way? Just because of the... It's the it's the actual trauma of the bullying. So it's... Sometimes the bullying can be... So that HBA axis is, is um, the, the stress response. So when that is activated, it also links to the development of post-traumatic stress disorder. But it's the... It's, it is classified as being huge amounts of trauma to be bullied like that on social media. So you cannot oh. just... You, you, we can't just brush it aside. We need to allocate the right terminology for it. And the right terminology is that cyberbullying is a trauma. And people who are perpetrators need to know that they are um, projecting a trauma onto another individual. Yeah. That yeah. has just had me shook. Just yeah. like putting it into words. Like, I think innately we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to see it in a sentence like that or hear it in yeah. a sentence like that, yeah. it just brings it to reality, I yeah. think. Yeah. And I hope... You know, to anyone. Yes, definitely. And then the last thing that they they link it to is um, the targets of cyberbullying. There's an increased use of substances. And we see this across the spectrum in mental health in general, is that when we're feeling terrible, we've undergone a trauma or anyone's particularly anxious, they often lean on things like alcohol and other substances as a form of self-medicating. So, and you probably find even like over-consuming of food. Mm, comfort um, eating, yeah. Maybe even media. Yeah. I mean, addiction can be multiple mm, things. Yeah. Um, and self-soothing can mm. be many different forms. Mm. So, I mean, whatever that person leans towards, it probably would get exaggerated. Yes. And that could then in itself go into a different, like, I wouldn't say issue, but yeah. let's just say if you... 
think I'm going to leave it there. Okay. But, but I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. and there's truth behind it, is that it, it kind of starts an entire cascade of things that then puts you at risk of developing other things along the way. Yes. Yeah. I just don't want to name them. No, 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 for sure. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And then the last thing I want to say, and I say this um, with a little bit of a trigger warning behind it, is that there are extensive links between suicide and cyberbullying in adolescence. So it is significant. Um, and you need to be aware of um, people's actions and the comments on, yeah. on people in general. It, it really does have long-term repercussions. So how, with this information yes. now, how do we manage cyberbullying? And I say that not in a way to like have a to-do list mm. ready, but more mm. like our own personal toolkits. Yeah. Yeah. At least starting it. Yeah. So, uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of talk about it from... The high levels down. Okay. okay, so we need to have our individual toolkits, but I think we also need to realize that our individual toolkits, yes, they're important, but things also need to happen on very much a societal and legislature level mm-hmm. and across social media platforms. So if we look at society in general, we live in a site a society where there's huge victimization of people in in multiple different groups all the time. So that is something that needs to change at large, and that is a long term. I mean, that that is a huge thing that that we're not going to address in detail in this podcast. There also needs to be anti anti cyberbullying initiatives, and in schools they actually talk about because twelve year olds are ninety percent of them are on social media that they should start teaching healthy online behaviors, which I think is so great. So yeah, that's actually really yeah. I feel like that. If there's anyone out there that's a teacher, yes. this is a nugget for you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like healthy online yeah. behaviors. Like how do we engage in a way that is kind and empathic and good for us from a mental health perspective and really creating these kind of um, these kind of tools that, that um, people can start using. And then obviously, as we said, more research into the topic is needed, but that takes a really long time. And then the platforms themselves, I think, need to start taking responsibility and it is starting to happen. So... Yeah, yeah, kind of, because when I reported mm. the comment thread, mm. it said that it still wasn't in violation of oh, really? the guidelines. Okay. So I was like, well, then who do I go to yeah. you know, if yeah. the platform itself won't take the responsibility? That's very interesting. So my, I mean, one of my next lines was platforms need to take responsibility, <laughs> so not all of them are. Um, but it, interestingly enough, so Snapchat has actually just released a cyberbullying initiative. It's called Here For You. And if you are a victim of cyberbullying um, or feel distressed whilst utilizing their platform, you can access it and it will link you to someone who will talk you through all the distress and give you counseling. What? How amazing is that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, so yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Go Snapchat. So I'm pretty happy about that. Don't use it, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> but we can give them credit where credit is due. And then. Um, Platforms should be removing certain con- comments and banning certain users, but obviously this is um, at a level that we don't have much control over. And then legislature, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, um, but there should be cyberbullying policies that, that mm. should be put in place. I'm so glad that you reached out for legal assistance. I was actually thinking that I think anyone who is in the legal mm. sphere, another nugget for yeah. you, yeah. there needs to be social media lawyers out there yeah, who are actually specialized in mm. engaging and understanding how social media works mm. and being able to be there for people who need mm. your help. Mm. Because I know that, you know, let's just say um, character defamation holds a certain like procedure from person to person or 
maybe in the workspace or whatever, mm. but on an online platform, I feel like there are different things that we're being exposed to that maybe the legal side aren't really covering. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if I'm even at, like, I, I don't know if I'm like stepping on toes here, but just from what my experience was mm. speaking to a law mm. lawyer, they were basically like, we can't really help with that. Yeah. We can't really help with that. Yeah. And I just feel like there's a space that mm -hmm. social media lawyers could actually start being like a full-on thing. Yeah, amazing. And if anyone does know of these kind of lawyers yeah. that are around, please let us know so we can like <laughs> use these resources. They're super, 100%. super important. Yeah. Um, and then the last one about managing it is really on an individual basis, which is what we as individuals who are using uh, social media platforms can, um, can utilize. So in the moment of the bullying, um, first and foremost, avoid retaliating and responding if you can, which it's is hard. so hard because you just want to, you, yeah, you, it's, it's like you, it's, you, you want to defend yourself. It's so tough to do it. But yeah, all of the recommendations say if you can, avoid retaliating. Um, next step is to take screen, screenshots in case you need to use it later. And this is if you decide to go down any kind of legal route. Um, block the user and then lastly report the incident I'm sorry to hear that when you did that you didn't get a really good response but those are the recommendations and then that's what happens in the moment but okay so bullying happens in the moment but then what do you do with how it's made you feel exactly yeah I think that's super important yeah so how do we cope with bullying so I think I said this earlier, but it's the studies show that 34% of adolescents don't talk about their, their, their bullying experiences online. I think that the stats are much higher than that. So first step is to talk about it. Yeah. And so this is a really tough one because like we just said, people feel shame about the fact that they've been cyberbullied. Um, but talk about it in safe spaces with people that you love, with your group of um, friends who are badasses and yeah, have got, have uh, you have your back and are in your corner and talk through how it's made you feel with them and know that there isn't truth to what people are saying, and, but talk about it. That is like mm. the, one of the main things that we need to talk about. And then know that you can take your power back by how you respond to the event. Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's like a psychological concept where the event happens and you don't have control of the event, but what you do have control of is how you react to it. And so you can take your power back by deciding to respond in a way that is, I mean, obviously protect yourself and do all of those things that I said, but respond in a way that has integrity for you and um, it, it sits well with you as a person. And that's why I say don't respond in the mm. moment if you can, because mm. that's often, uh, often an emotional response. And so just give yourself a little bit of time to like to work through it. I love that piece yeah. of advice. And then... In general, in life, foster self-worth. So if we like really work on self-worth, and this is something that everyone struggles with, um, people struggle with their self-worth, parts of themselves that they feel vulnerable about. But if we can foster self-worth within ourselves, when people are attacking us on social media platforms, um, we can kind of sit in our truth a little bit more mm -hmm. that we are worthy and that we are good and we know that we are what we are doing and who we are are good people. It's less impactful. I'm not saying that's going to be completely not impactful, but it is le less impactful if we yeah. really work on our self worth. I mean, that's what happened with the second one. Yeah. So the first one was jarring. Yeah. The second time it happened, touch wood, I'm so glad it's only been two times. Yes. I, first of all, was angry. Mm. So I was like, how on earth could you do... Like, yeah. you don't even know me. Yeah. And then afterwards, I read what the person wrote. And I was like, but this is not even true. Yeah. Yeah. 
so how can I even I can be annoyed yeah. and I can be angry and I can be sad or whatever emotion you feel but if you said mm. like if you know your truth mm. and you you know how you move through this mm. world and all of that you can actually look at it objectively yes. and be like this is a projection of you yes I feel like you need a hug mm-hmm but I'm not taking that on. No. Because that's not me. No. That's not my truth. No. And that's what happened the second time. So I really yeah. love that point. That's I a, love that. I yeah. Just like hold on to your truth. It's yeah. super important. And then in general, just develop, know what your coping strategies are. So we all need to have in all stressful times in our lives, whether it be cyberbullying or in other parts, is have certain coping strategies that work for you. So do you need to run it out if that's something that helps mm. you or get into nature or have... Um, like a sit down chat with all of your best friends or whatever your coping strategies are, know what they are and apply them when, when things like this happen. And then they talk about changing the terminology as well. And I, I've mixed between the words during this podcast, but they, they're trying to turn, change the terminology from the word victim to the word target because okay. the word victim is the concept of there's a being disempowered in it, whereas being a target, it, they say there's a little bit more power in, in, the, in the language that we use there. Okay. So it's kind of switched the way we think about it. Um, and then if you feel that you've been deeply impacted, your coping strategies aren't working, you're really struggling to recalibrate your self-worth, you find that you, your anxiety is consistently uh, struggling, um, you're having any kind of symptoms of depression, reach out to a mental health care professional. So yeah. we're skilled in being able to help you manage these kinds of things. Reach out, talk through it with someone who um, who knows about coping strategies, can help you process. It's really, really important. Um, and yeah, uh, I mean, I have a list of people that I can recommend for everyone. And so please yeah, reach out. It's yeah. super important. I mean, that's, that's actually what I ended up doing. Yeah, oh, good. I, I spoke to my core group yeah um reached out to a professional mm-hmm. in the moment mm-hmm. they were able to give me amazing quick advice Good. as in don't respond block yeah you're worth more than that yeah. um and i think even though these times and these experiences are uncomfortable and jarring do you feel that there is a positive that can come out of these experiences that mm-hmm. someone can maybe keep a lookout for if they move through something like this. You know, I love that you said that because it's literally the last sentence that I have written on all of this is that the, the studies show that people who have been exposed to cyberbullying, the one thing that they pick up that is consistent between majority of them is they have increased amounts of empathy. Beautiful, hey? Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. cyberbullying's not beautiful. No. But, but yeah, we can, that these experiences happen to us but we can have empathy for our own experience. We can have empathy for our bully because obviously there's something going on with them mm-hmm. that they feel like they have to do that. And we can just have empathy for each other. And so it, yeah, it, it builds the muscle of empathy. And I think that that is beautiful. And so we can take beautiful things from it. Amazing. Yeah. And that is us for the first episode Wonderful. of season four, yeah. all about mental health. And I, I loved it. And I think that it's a good conversation to start with absolutely all right guys we'll see you back next week and we'll be chatting about practical mental health tips um yeah 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 until then see you guys all right bye